0: Section 1 of Unprofessional Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Wayne Cook. Unprofessional Tales by Norman Douglas. Section 1. A Mystery. It was a favored morning in April, bright and balmy the park was crowded a breath of violets floated upon the breeze and the rustle of spring toilettes was mingled confusedly with light laughter and the thud of horses hoofs crushing the soft earth two men friends of long standing suddenly encountered one another after separation of many years they sat down and discussed all that had happened to themselves in the long interval looking up now and again to admire some pretty face, or to greet an acquaintance in the colored throng that moved ceaselessly onward before their eyes. After some time one of them said, I was extremely surprised to meet you, and, in fact, when I saw you first I thought it must be a ghost, for I understood you were still in Japan. And curiously enough, I have been thinking a good deal about you lately. Some of these chance meetings are really very strange. There are coincidences that might almost make one believe in the supernatural. Some of them, replied his friend, are quite inexplicable. I will tell you of an experience that befell myself uh, not long ago. Perhaps you can help me understand it. You have heard me speak of my friend Ponomarev, Often? A man of heart and noble impulses. I look upon him as the embodiment of all that is best in the Russian character. After my return from Russia to England, we wrote for a long time to one another, but the correspondent lagged and in the end ceased. I heard of him occasionally from mutual friends, and often thought of him. I was thinking of him more particularly one evening in summer as I walked home from my club. I was on my way through London to the continent. The streets were dusty and hot and noisome. It was at that time of the year, I remembered, that I had last stayed with him in his estate in the Tula government. I thought of the many happy months that we had spent together in the patriarchal style of Russian country life. I remembered the laughing round-faced peasants, the fragrance of trees, and the mild long-drawn evenings. And I felt again that all-pervading charm of sadness, of yearning, that hangs in the pale Russian sky and penetrates to the very soul of the endless country. A sensation not unlike homesickness came over me. Suddenly, as if my thoughts had actually conjured them up, Ponomarev himself accosted me. "For somewhat older, somewhat grey-haired, but otherwise unchanged in appearance," he said. At last we meet Ivan Ivanovitch. I have thought of you every day, but I cannot write letters. I cannot sit down to do anything. You know this is not idleness on my part. I know. But I am the same friend to you. You know the depths of my heart. You have conquered my heart long ago. Come and have supper. I have just dined. I, too, never mind. I must have supper. There is a restaurant near at hand sergey Alexeyevich, you will ruin your digestion we entered at the restaurant unknown to myself it was the parisian in piccadilly the first person i saw there was something of the accommodation seated at the table by himself i exchanged a few words with him and we passed on my friend began how long has it been since we have met i only came to england to look at the mayor of Carborough's, but she is not up to my weight "'Tell me all you have done. "'No, no, let me speak first. "'I have so much to say. "'In the first place, I have married her.' "'Anna Ivanova?' I asked. "'You remember. Yes, the very same. "'Let us have some cheek and now I have a proposal to make. "'Come back with me tomorrow to valisevo "'Yes, tomorrow. "'You used to like me and mine. "'Do not deny it. "'And we are all unchanged. "'Anna will do her best for you. "'Come tomorrow.' We will discuss manures and free will. I know you love the place. Come. The Mujiks are just making the hay now. Our Mujik is an ideal creature. What do foreigners know of our country? Nothing. for one breath of Russian hay. And we will make them dance and sing. You used to like that. Ivan Ivanovich, come and make us happy. We love your cheery face. I gave a conditional promise. We agreed to discuss the matter more fully next day. Meanwhile, my friend drank a bottle or two, where I told him all my news. He struck me as being restless and exalted in manner, in fact, a kind of distortion of his old self. He was usually rather calm. I imagined he had been dining generously in contrast to his habitual custom. There was something, I know not what, in his behaviour to me that evening that gave me an unpleasant impression of him. Indeed, his whole personality almost repelled me, a feeling that I was thoroughly ashamed of at the time. I experienced an uncomfortable sensation, difficult to describe and impossible to dispel, a sensation as though I were conversing—how shall I express myself? with a nightmare clothed in flesh and blood, rather than with a man. He had changed wonderfully, I thought, in those few years. He went on. I detest these countries full of hills and dales. One cannot see in front of one's nose. We Russians do not like to be shut in. We have broad minds that cannot bear to be arrested by trivialities. You find me more patriotic than formerly, I dare say our nation is a family of brothers our hearts throve with one pulse match me that in the world i think i am inclined for a little music now let us listen to some ciganis. what no ciganes in london then how do you spend your evenings He discoursed for some time in this exaggerated strain, talking so loudly that Sumner, a day or two afterwards, asked me who the eccentric foreigner had been. At last he left me, giving me an address at one of the principal hotels. I gave him mine and walked home. The speaker paused, as if undecided how to continue his narrative. His friend said, "'That was certainly a strange meeting.' Did you see him again? Him, whom? Why, Ponomarev, of course. Ponomarev, I never saw him at all. What I saw and spoke to was something else. Good heavens! I met my friend the of Ponomarev last winter in Petersburg. He was quite different from the thing—the meaningless and unlovely caricature that I had seen. NEEDLESS TO SAY, HE WAS UTTERLY dumbfounded AT THE STORY. GOOD HEAVENS! HE IS NOT GRAY-HAIRED, AND NOT MARRIED TO THIS DAY, AND AT THE TIME OF OUR PRESUMABLE MEETING, HE WAS SHOOTING WITH HIS BROTHER IN THE CAUCASUS. CAN YOU EXPLAIN THAT? THE OTHER THOUGHT A WHILE, AND THEN REMARKED, I CANNOT EXPLAIN IT AT ALL. IT IS A MYSTERY. End of section 1